We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect, there are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, America, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. Most Tuesdays are just Tuesdays, except at Buffalo Wild Wings, where Tuesdays are Wing Tuesdays. But now even Wing Tuesdays aren't just Wing Tuesdays, because Wing Tuesdays are half-price Wing Tuesdays, which means your boring Tuesday that became Wing Tuesday now costs you half as much. In case you're confused, we have half-price Wing Tuesdays. We do it for you. Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings, beer, sports. Prices and participation vary. See participating locations for details. Void were prohibited. To the Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by DraftKings.com, the leader in daily fantasy sports. Use the promo code ROTOHOOPS when you deposit for a free contest entry today. That day, of course, is March 23rd, 2016. I'm DJ Trainer. You can find me on Twitter at TrainerDJ. I'm joined by the one and only Benny Ricciardi. You can find Benny on Twitter at BennyR11. It's going to be me and you, Benny, on this Wednesday, Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Josh Hayes is solely on the daily. No more b-ball for him. That's all right, though. I think we'll be okay. 
Yeah, I think we'll be able to handle it. Not too worried. <laughs> we got we got a deep bench here. We're good. Deep bench, yeah. Deep team here at Rotowire. Uh, feel free to leave a nice review on one of the venues wherever you're listening to us. Of course, iTunes, Stitcher. We're out there. You can also listen and download this podcast and all of our other great podcasts, like our daily podcasts with Josh and Benny or our MLB podcasts that are already up and running. Those guys are doing a great job over there. Feel free to listen and download those podcast directly from the rotowire website josh we have or josh wow this is gonna be a hard transition for me uh <laughs> benny we're, we got four games yesterday on the tuesday slate we'll go over them quickly then we'll give you guys some uh some value plays some bargain plays maybe talk about some of the top price guys on DraftKings for wednesday's slate of games without further ado let's get into um probably the highest build game of the night the Rockets taking on the Thunder. The Thunder take care of business in this one. Kevin Durant, though, um, if you didn't have him in your lineup last night, really the top three options were Harden, Westbrook, and Durant. They were all playing in the same game. I tried to fit them all in my lineup, my own uh, in one lineup, I should say. It ended up working out for me. But if you stayed away from Kevin Durant, it really wasn't that bad of a decision. Only 23 points, seven rebounds. Four assists, uh, Benny. Last night, where did you shake down uh, on your owner ownership rate of Harden, Westbrook, and Durant? Yeah, I actually didn't have enough Harden last night. I had a couple teams with him and Westbrook together, but most of my teams, including my cash game team, was actually Westbrook and Durant. So, wasn't a great night. wasn't horrible. I won a couple head to heads. The you know, kind of salvage a little bit of it, but definitely was not a uh, was not a great evening overall. And again, I mean, you had to make the choice. I thought Durant was in the best spot actually of the three of them because usually Houston is pretty bad at defending wing players, so I figured that he would be in the best spot of any of them. But he just didn't come through. I mean, it also had a lot to do, I think, with the fact that Westbrook played really, really well yesterday. So, you know, he kind of took a little bit of a backseat, which seems to be happening a little more often lately. I mean. You know, Westbrook is putting up triple doubles every day. It's not that Durant's playing bad. It's just it seems like he's taking a step back from it. Yeah, and you know what? He has that luxury playing on on a team with you know two of the top five guys in the NBA. Uh, Durant can certainly do that. Uh, Benny, I'm a Thunder fan. I'm not sure if you know that or not, and so I maybe I see this team in a different lens than somebody else. But what I think now is is you know Westbrook can win the Thunder games easily, like he did. There's only four point difference, but Durant kind of. Uh, took his foot off the gas pedal, even though he did attempt 19 shots, whereas Westbrook took 18. I'm thinking that Durant already has his mind on the playoffs. They seem to be pretty much locked up in that three seed in the West. And, you know, we've had injury troubles in the past for the Thunder. And I think Durant is just mighty fine allowing Westbrook to go out there, get his triple doubles, and take a little bit of a backseat. When I say backseat, I still mean one of the best players in the NBA. But when it comes to DFS, I wonder if we're going to start seeing Durant's price slip a little bit down closer to that $10,000 range, maybe even into the $9,000 range, if he truly does defer to Westbrook for the remainder of the season. Yeah, I think that, and again, you know, they already know that they're going to make the playoffs. They don't have to kill themselves right now. And, I mean, it's not like Durant's playing bad. I mean, the guy still has a streak of, what, 50-something games with 20-plus regular life, you know, real-life points. He's still grabbing some rebounds for you, still getting some assists. So don't get me wrong. I'm not saying if you have him in season long and you're in your championship probably or, or your playoffs around right now. I'm not saying bench the guy, but 
you can definitely tell that it looks like Westbrook has taken a little more of the usage and, and a little more of the offensive load on his shoulder. And that's fine that Durant's doing that. We know that he can turn it on anytime and just, you know, have one of those games where he puts up like 35 points and you're like, oh, yeah, that's why this guy is so good. Yeah, I like, I like the term of regular life. He didn't quite go all the way with it, but regular life, <laughs> regular life points is pretty good. Uh, one more guy I want to touch on before we move on here, Benny, is Trevor Ariza. And, you know, he was matched up against Durant um, quite a bit last night. He comes away 40 minutes on the court, 13 points, 8 rebounds, 4 assists, 3 steals. 3 of 12 from beyond the arc so you don't love the uh, don't necessarily love the percentage rate there but 3 threes is, is pretty solid especially if you're playing on DraftKings you get that extra bonus he was a sneaky good option last night I've just been disappointed with his play throughout the whole entire regular season. I was kind of hoping that he would step up and and reaffirm his role as the third offensive option on this Rockets team. That hasn't necessarily happened, obviously, for for good chunks of the season. He has been the third option, but he hasn't solidified it like I thought he was going to this year. Yeah, he basically is somebody that's kind of just standing around in the corner and you know, hitting shots. So when he has a game like he had last night where he's hitting some of his threes, he usually gets you a pretty decent fantasy line because he does a little bit of everything else. He'll get you a couple assists. He rebounds pretty well for a small forward. And he plays good defense, so he'll wind up getting you some of those blocks and steals as well. But again, to me, he's more of a guy that's like, you know, he's a solid option. You're not upset if you have him on your team. You're probably rolling him out there because, you know, the options on the waiver wire aren't all that great. Or in DFS, the options you have to pay up for aren't all that great. But he doesn't do enough for me. The guy who I've actually been more intrigued with lately, how do you feel about Michael Beasley? Yeah, Beasley is is quite the inter- interesting option, and I, you know the Rockets, I guess, have been afforded the luxury, if you want to say that, of of having a bench that's just been rotating. I mean, we, they brought on Josh Smith, and he immediately played a lot of minutes. Now he's been getting DNP'd, coach's decision, quite a bit, and so Beasley's great. I I don't know. I mean, I really have to be going stars and scrubs approach to to really like him whenever he's playing. Because last night, he does give you 11 points, 4 rebounds, and assists, and a block. But 16 minutes, there, it's just so. if you're only playing 16 minutes, you're just so prone to have a dud of a night. And when I say dud, I mean close to the 0 to 1, 2, or 3 fantasy points option. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just so risky. There's, there's such a low floor for Beasley. Yeah, he, he had a couple good games. He's been up in the 20s. I liked it a lot more when he was cheaper, too. On the fantasy sites... He's up around like 5K right now. He used to be like minimum price or right around 4K, where if you took him and he got you 27, 28 fantasy points like he did for five or six games right there, you know, that was seven times value and put you in a good spot. As his prices come up, I agree with you. I need to see that he's getting a consistent 25, 30 minutes before I feel comfortable you know, rolling him out in like a cash game format. Yeah, and the two games before last night, that is Tuesday, of course, he played 28 and 26 minutes and got you 30 regular life points, like Benny <laughs> says, 30, uh, 30 against Atlanta and then 17 against Minnesota, uh, coupled with nine rebounds and six rebounds respectively. So a lot to like there, but it seems that the price the price makers over at DraftKings and other sites have, have kind of followed up with Beasley, and he's... He's probably about tagged right about where he should be for now. So I think I'll be staying away. But if he can, you know, if he's slotted into a role where he's seeing 24 minutes a night, I think there's a lot of value to be had, even at that $5,000 price range. We'll keep it moving here, Benny. 
go over to the New Orleans Hornets taking care of business, 105 to 100 over the Brooklyn Nets in terms of uh, the actual basketball game itself. Not a sexy matchup by any means, but I tell you what, when Charlotte is taking care of business and winning games like this, it shows me that they could they could make a little fuss in the Eastern Conference playoffs. They're sitting at 41 and 30. They just had a great win over the San Antonio Spurs in that game. You had Jeremy Lin go off, and you know what? He followed up that great, one of his best performances this season with another solid performance, 21 points off the bench, two rebounds, four assists, and a steal. Now, this game and the last game against the Spurs, did you have any exposure to Jeremy Lin? I think he was hovering around minimum price or just above minimum price on most sites out there. I I didn't take the bait then, and I probably still won't take it now, even though he's on a bit of a hot streak. Yeah, I did have a little bit last night, uh, probably not as much as I would have liked because he did have a pretty good game, but I actually messed up. But there's a couple things going on here with this Charlotte team that we should probably talk about. With Marvin Williams out, you know, I had a lot of Cody Zeller last night. I thought he was going to be the guy that would have the biggest uptake without Marvin Williams playing the power forward spot. But Frank Kaminsky came out on fire. So he was the guy that I think was the one people would have rather had. He was dirt cheap, like minimum price. Saw, what, almost 30 minutes last night as well. So him, he actually saw more minutes than Zeller did last night. So that was a little bit concerning. And then even at the two-guard spot, you know, Courtney Lee had a decent game, contributed across the board. Those three steals translated into six fantasy points for you on the daily site. So that's always nice. And then Jeremy Lin as well. So it wasn't the usual suspects. You know, Kemba didn't really have a big game. Batum played okay. He didn't really have a big game either. But like you said, with this team playing well, I mean, there's a lot of games in their their recent game log where they're putting up 116, 118, 123 points. So if you're going to have a team that's putting up numbers like that, you're going to get some good fantasy stat lines out of them. Yeah, one thing you have to be aware of is this was the end of a back-to-back games for them. Um, Kaminsky hadn't been getting a lot of usage and uh, really at all. It, his, his minutes are in the teens, and so on this back-to-back game, one of the fresher guys off the bench, I actually used him quite a bit last night because his price was so low. Um, if you remember, I, I tried to fit in Harden, Westbrook, uh, and Durant all into one lineup, so I had to reach down pretty low, and I ended up hitting on Kaminsky. That worked out well for me. I'm not so sure that this is going to duplicate itself. You know, with uh, Marvin Williams out, obviously there's there's more of a likelihood that Kaminsky will go off, or even that Zeller will go off. But they do a pretty good job of sharing the ball over in, in Charlotte, and this game. Walker only attempted 14 shots, but Toom actually attempted 16 more shots. I'm used to Walker attempting 20 shots a game or something like that, and I'm going to be more more keen on Batum and Walker than anybody else in this lineup. I think maybe we just, we're just we hitting an interesting couple stretch of games with Harrison out, or not Harrison, but Marvin Williams out, uh, where Kaminsky looks like an, like an top, enticing option, uh, where Jeremy Lin looks like an enticing option, but I'm really not going to be harping on any of them, because I, I don't know, I think it's it's a dangerous proposition to be, to be using anybody but Batum and, and Walker. Now, one guy that has been a pretty interesting option, not so much last night, Al Jefferson. Uh, coming mm-hmm. off the bench, and he's only been seeing around 24 minutes a game, but he's still had legitimate fantasy value in his bench role. Um, do you have him in season long anywhere? Um, I know if he ever hit the waiver wire, he was a pretty interesting option, but it doesn't look like he's going to be coming back on to the starting five at any point during the rest of the regular season. In terms of his value moving forward, do you feel comfortable using him even though he is only slotted into those low 20 minutes per game total? 
Well, he has a high usage rate and a high number of field goal attempts for the amount of time that he is out there on the floor. So those are those are positive things. And he's also a decent rebounder for a big guy, so he'll get you some of that. I don't think there's a ton of upside there from using him, but I think if you're looking for like a, a minimum price guy, I think he is safe. And if you're in a deeper league right now and you're like me and you had Anthony Davis on your team and made it out of the first round of your season-long playoffs only to realize that you lost Anthony Davis for the year, they're slim pickings on the waiver wire. So if you have a guy like him on there, I mean, my other option is picking up like Amira Seek or uh, Dante Cunningham. So I guess, you know, that that's a viable question I might have to ask myself, or I actually am asking myself at the moment. It's a, a terrible question to be faced with, especially if you rolled into the fantasy playoffs just fine, and now you're kind of scraping at the bottom of the barrel for Omer Ashik and and uh, Al Jefferson, but I tell you what, they, they're switching things up in Charlotte by having Jefferson come off the bench, but when he's on the court, the team dynamic hasn't changed from when he was a starter over the last couple of years. He's still getting the ball down low. He really is a black hole in terms of when the ball gets, you know, when he touches the ball, it's not leaving. He's either putting up yep. a shot or somebody's going to steal it from him, and so... Like you said, the, the usage rate is still very high, still some value to be had. I mean, he has 10, 10, 8 rebound totals. He's giving you, you know, at least 14 points a night. So uh, it's not a fun question to ask yourself, but certainly he is a, a valuable option moving forward. Looking at this Brooklyn team, uh, Brooke, Brooke Lopez got off to a slow start, but he ended up having a decent night, 29 points, 9 rebounds, 6 assists. Bonehead play by him by attempting a 3 um, when Brooklyn had a chance to tie the game. It was a complete air ball. Not sure why he was taking the shot. There was 30 seconds left on the clock. Brooklyn was only down by three points. You put that aside, though, because DFS and fantasy is a different monster altogether. Uh, Brooke Lopez, I would say, Benny, has been one of the more underrated NBA players and DFS options, season-long options, too, in the entire league. I'm not even talking about it, the center spot. He's remained healthy, something he hasn't been able to do in years past. And I think if you were taking him in, in the fifth or sixth round in season-long leagues, you probably have a pretty good team this year. Oh, yeah, you got to steal with the way that they've been using him. You know, when they got rid of Joe Johnson and with Jared Jack going down and with them just not having a whole bunch of offensive firepower to begin with, they've basically been running the offense through him. So he's getting a ton of touches and he's putting up a lot of points. He still doesn't rebound as well as I would like for a guy his size. But he got you, you know, he had six assists in this game, which, again, is not something you normally see out of him. But it's something that he can do with the ball in his hands all the time. You know, a lot of those assists are probably just him getting double teamed and kicking it out to an open shooter. But, hey, they, they count the same for us for fantasy, so you'll take it. You know, the guy who I've actually been looking at on this Nets team, how do you feel about this guy, Kilpatrick, that they picked up? I think he was, like, one of the top scorers in the D-League. And they brought him on here, and he's been putting up some decent numbers over the last couple games. Yeah, you're right. Uh, I've been very shy. You're not the first person to ask me about Sean Kilpatrick. I honestly had really didn't know anything about him coming into when he was picked up by Brooklyn. He scores 25 points off the bench, um, and you know I need to start taking notice because, like you said, uh, the the Nets don't really have a lot of scoring options. They're desperate. They're in desperate need of somebody who can not only create their own shot but have confidence in doing so. They they kind of lack players, uh, you know, who just Get the ball in their hand and take a shot. That's what they lost in mm-hmm. Johnson. Uh, mm-hmm. Say what you want about him, but he was not afraid to take a shot. So let me just pull up some averages over the last few games for Kilpatrick. 
Um, yeah, he, I think he had like 15 the other night and 12 the other night. So he, he's been doing it kind of consistently. Yeah, over his last six games, he's only seeing 23 minutes on the court. But he's averaging 17 points per game. So you like that a whole lot. There's not mm-hmm. much value coming in from the rebounds, assists, steals, or blocks. Uh, but I'm assuming his price is hovering pretty low on all DFS sites. He's probably available on the waiver wire. He could be somebody that helps you win your points category in head-to-head leagues or if you need a late push in roto categories. Um, In DFS, I will say most of his value is going to hinge directly on points. So if Mm -hmm. he's going up, if he has a good matchup off the bench or uh, going up against a team that's, you know, just is terrible at defending like your, your Phoenix uh, your LA's uh, teams like that, then I- I'd be willing to consider him. Yeah, and he's he's a three point shooter too. So if you need three point shooting, if you need that category, I mean, he had four in that game. They had twenty five. He's had a couple other games where he's hit three. He's had multiple games where he's had at least two. So you know he can help you in the three point category as well. But I agree with you. He's he's basically just in there score some points, but his minutes have been slowly increasing. So he's definitely somebody I want to keep an eye on. Real quick before we get to the final two games from that Tuesday, let's talk about SeatGeek, Benny. Uh, I know I'm going to be using it this summer to go to some MLB games. I'm hoping to go over to Milwaukee, catch a Brewers game. Uh, I also want to go down to Wrigley. And I've never been to the White Sox uh, stadium before, so I, I might check that out. I'll definitely be using the SeatGeek app. I have it on my phone. Of, of course, our listeners um, can get a $20 rebate off their first SeatGeek purchase. Um, all you have to do to get that $20 rebate, download the free SeatGeek app. That's easy enough. Then you go to the settings tab and click add a promo code. From there, you enter promo code RWNBA. Uh, SeatGeek will then send you $20 after you've made your first ticket purchase. Uh, download the free SeatGeek app and enter promo code RWNBA today. Uh, Benny, you taking your kids to any ball games this summer? <laughs> Yeah, my my oldest is seven, so he's the only one that I think is uh, is at the age where he could go. I took him to a couple last year, so we'll probably go on there and uh, you know figure out when he tells me who his favorite baseball player is. We'll see when that guy comes into town, and you know we'll check it out, see if we can get some Yankees tickets. I actually wouldn't mind going out to see the Mets too. I haven't been to City Field since the year it opened, and uh, I hear they're pretty good now. Yeah, <laughs> teams like teams like the Mets. Excuse me. Teams like the Mets, teams like the Cubs, I think their tickets are going to be kind of in high demand this season. Uh, a couple good young teams definitely want to be using the Seeky Cap. Let me ask you real quick before we jump into basketball. Um, your son comes to you. What's the one player you don't want him to say will be his favorite player? What Are you just scared to death? Like, please don't be a Bryce Harper fan or please don't be a, a Cindergard fan or something like that. You got any that you just want to put on the blacklist? You know, my biggest allegiance as a sports fan is probably to the New York Jets. You know, I went to a lot of Jets games as a kid, still go to a couple every year now, watch, you know, watch them every Sunday, everything else. You know, my day revolves around what time the Jet game's on, 1, 4, 8 o'clock. So if he came to me and told me that Eli Manning was his favorite football player, I, I would I would be very upset about it, and I'd probably blame my brother or my parents because I'm the only Jet fan in my family. Everybody else is Giant fans. So I think they would love it, but that would probably be the one thing that made me cringe. All right. Fair enough. Good, honest answer there. Hey, everybody's got those players that they just they don't want to see their kids root for. Um, 
couple of the teams. <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to find a player uh, from the next game. I can't really find any that are, are cringeworthy on this next game for us. Moving back to the association, Miami uh, took on New Orleans and they won 113 to 99. No surprises here. New Orleans is just absolutely distraught with injuries. Now that has allowed me to use the stars and scrubs approach. Uh, thanks to your New Orleans, your Memphises, your Phoenixes, even. Last mm-hmm. night, I went with Omar Ashik um, as well. 21, uh, 21 minutes for him. Not a great game. At eight points, nine rebounds, just a steal. Tony Douglas is also somebody who has had a pretty high ownership rate last night. Uh, 31 minutes, 14 points, nine rebounds, and assists, and a steal. Now, have you preyed on this New Orleans team for cheap options who see high minutes on the court, Benny? Yeah, not even just cheap options. I love Drew Holiday most nights as well. I've been rolling him out there whenever, you know, Miami's not really a good matchup because they're a little bit of a slower-paced team. But when they play in those high-paced games, you you know that Holiday's going to see 35, 36 minutes. And he's been giving you over 40 fantasy points a lot of nights. I actually went the Omera Sheik route last night too and wasn't really thrilled with the, you know, 21 fantasy points or so he got us. Uh, the guy last night was apparently Luke Babbitt. The game before it was Dante Cunningham. So as far as the forwards go, I can't really, I can't really get behind any of them because it doesn't seem like it's production that's coming from one place. I do like your Tony Douglas call though because if you look back at his game logs, I think it's about eight games in a row that he's given us at least five x value. He's given us upside. We saw him have a ten x kind of game the other day, which is you know absolutely huge and a kind of thing that can help you win a tournament if you get that kind of production. And as long as Norris Cole is out, you know that his minutes are going to be safe. You know he's playing around thirty minutes right now, and again his price is incredibly cheap on the you know, daily sites. And he's somebody that might've even been on the waiver wire up the last week on most of your season long team. so again, if you find yourself like me with Anthony Davis, and now you have a spot on your roster, you have to fill in the middle of the playoffs. Not that I'm bitter about it or anything. Um, you know, Tony Douglas could be one of those guys for you. Yeah, most definitely. So, um, obviously Douglas's minutes hinge on the availability of Norris Cole. Norris Cole has been out since March 7th. The Pelicans continue to list him as questionable for every single game, um, and he just is not playing. And so if you see that questionable tag, I don't want to say write it off because one day he will return, but don't be afraid when his status is 50-50 heading into game time, I will say. Um, I mean, obviously, check Rotowire. Feel free to use our 10-day trial to to check that out at rotowire.com forward slash pod, P-O-D, to get the latest on Norris Cole. But if Cole is out, just like Benny and I say, Tony Douglas is a great option, and Drew Holiday has been a great option the entire you know last month, month and a half at least. Yeah, even before he was starting. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, it doesn't even matter. Uh, he was he was doing great things off the bench. Uh, what do you think about off the bench? Speaking of off the bench, Hassan Whiteside continues to come off the bench, but he was still a great option for you last night. Thirty minutes off that bench, twenty four points. 14 rebounds, a steal, and three blocks like we know he can. Amari Stoudemire continues to uh, be in the starting five, but he's only playing 15 minutes. Uh, I always say this all the time, starting is overrated. It's all about minutes on the court, um, and we're seeing starters minutes from Whiteside and bench minutes from Stoudemire. Yeah, the one, the one thing that ever concerns me with Whiteside is when they do get into games where they're either getting blown out or blowing somebody out, he very often loses that last rotation in the fourth quarter. So that's the games when, if you look at his game log, you see him go, 
you know, 30, 34, 32 minutes. And then you'll see some of those games where he goes like 25 minutes, 26 minutes, 27 minutes. And his price has gotten to be so expensive that those are the games where he tends to miss value. But whenever they're in a close game and you're going to get 30 to 35 minutes out of him, you know, he's he's one of the guys. He might even be leading the league in blocks still right now. I'm not sure if he is, but if he's not, he's up there in the top three or four. Plus, he's one of those guys that can get you not just double-digit rebounds, but like 12 to 18 rebounds, like just monster rebound games. The scoring had always been the thing that had been holding him back. And lately, with him playing with the second unit, it seems that his scoring's been up where he's getting you 16, 18, 20 points a game. So you put all that together, and that's a lot of fantasy production that he's been giving you. Yeah, most definitely. Good breakdown there, Benny. Uh, one guy I'll say uh, before we move along, Goran Dragic, 21 points, 8 rebounds, 5 assists, and a steal last night. Now, earlier during the season, Benny, I asked Josh Hayes if he was going to use Dragic in his lineup, um, even when he had a good uh, you know, good matchup. Uh, it probably was like December, maybe even January. He said, I would rather take my money and light it in fire in front of me so I could at least have some entertainment value. Um, that's not the case with Dragic anymore. He's putting up some good production. I think you got to give him a look because his price is still hovering around that middle tier, um, but he's putting up some, some really good numbers. I, I still haven't used him quite yet because I'm waiting for that game for him to come back down to reality, but I will say we're seeing the Dragic of old. Yeah, I do like this fact, and the thing that has kind of changed to me, without Chris Bosh in there, it opened up some usage rate. And now later on in the season, Dwayne Wade had like an absolutely absurd usage rate earlier in the year. He was up above like 32% for a good portion of the season. And he's always been a guy that has a high usage rate. But when he has the ball in his hand, Dragic basically becomes a standstill shooter just hanging out in the corner. It seems now that he's doing a lot more attacking and the ball's in his hands a little more with Wade kind of, you know, saying, go ahead, you do your thing. And, you know, I'll just kind of save myself a little bit for you know, the playoffs are, you know, the home stretch down here at the end. So he's been putting up numbers that have been pretty good. The problem is, you know, most of the places the site's noticed and his price has come up. So with his price coming up, he's no longer a, a, a steal. But I still think he's viable. He's been a guy that's been paying off pretty well in some of the uh, faster-paced matchups that Miami had. So I definitely think you can look at him. He's not a bad option at all. Yeah, he's at $6,100 on DraftKings right now. Uh, we're going to get into some of our picks, and so we'll, we'll take another look at him. $6,100 in relation to the other players on tonight's slate. So, I mean, I mean, his price has come up, obviously, but $6,100 is still a, a pretty good point, pretty good jumping off points. Um, so, yeah, some, something to look at for sure. Uh, good breakdown on Wade there, Benny, because uh, Wade has actually had one of the highest usage rates percentage over the course of his career in NBA history. So he's... Um, you know, and now at the end of the season, being as old as he is, and having competent players around him like Drogic, um, and you know, like your Luol Dangs, and now your Joe Johnsons, he can take his foot off the gas pedal. It seems like Miami is is in a good spot to make the playoffs. I know it's pretty bunched up there, um, but there's no reason for not for Ray, Wade not to rest. And accordingly, we could have some good games out of Drogic, like we've been seeing over the last couple weeks. Yeah, they have. They have guys that can score now, especially with adding in Johnson and Luau Dang. So he doesn't need to do it all himself. He can kind of, you know, let those guys take a little more of the load, which I think actually makes them a better team, too. Yeah, most definitely. A balanced attack is great. Uh, you know, you, you can talk about your uh, LeBron James when he was back with the Cavaliers and he was so young, or even Wade when he put the team on his back, but he just can't do that anymore. If, if Miami wants to make any noise in the playoffs, it needs to be coming from all ends of the court. And they're doing a good job of switching it up now. Uh, what a 
boring matchup on paper this is. Really wasn't a bad game to watch. The Lakers beat the Memphis Grizzlies 107 to 100. Memphis, despite touting one of the worst starting fives that we've seen all season, they're still 41 and 30 just because they've been decimated with injuries. Uh, Zach Randolph can only do so much on back-to-back games. He gives you 16 points, six rebounds, five assists, three steals, and one block. In terms of fantasy, you love it. But that guy's going to run himself ragged by the end of the year if he's going to be having such a high usage rate on this Memphis team who has pretty much no shooters whatsoever in the starting five besides Matt Barnes. Matt Barnes takes 10 shot attempts, only makes four of them. Tony Allen, though, I had him last night 12 for 12 from the field. I mean, historically, he's been one of the worst shooters, not even from the eye test, but statistically as well over the course of his career. For whatever reason, he's locked in, and he's doing a lot of really good things for this Memphis team. Yeah, well, him and Kobe really don't like each other. They've been going at it for years, so I think this is probably very likely maybe the last time they play. I don't know. Maybe they have another matchup, but this might have been the farewell of the Tony Allen-Kobe Bryant feuds from over the years, and Kobe had gotten the best of him for, I don't know, their entire career, so it's about time Tony Allen gets one back at him, so good for Tony Allen. Yeah, he had, I mean, he had a big game last night. I don't really take anything away from any of this because this is two bad teams going up against each other. You know, the things that I take away from this game for for fantasy purposes are basically Zach Randolph, you know, is going to get a ton of usage with the skeleton squad they're rolling out here now. So he's a guy that, you know, I want to have some exposure to. I don't love Lance Stevenson, you know, especially on on the the daily sites where he got expensive. You know, okay, he had a couple good games, but... That's pretty much the ceiling that you're going to see for him. He's not going to turn into a 50 fantasy point a game kind of guy. So he's not worth paying up for at like 7K when, you know, you can get other guys who are viable, you know, quality stars in the in the NBA for that same kind of price. And then looking down to the Lakers, when Kobe Bryant plays, I don't usually like using Jordan Clarkson or D'Angelo Russell or Lou Williams. Whenever Kobe's out, all three of those guys become interesting depending on matchup to me. And the other guy that I usually like more when Kobe's out is Julius Randle, but he still put up a pretty good game last night. 13 points, 14 rebounds in 33 minutes. You know, I don't know. I don't think Larry Nance Jr. was active last night, so I think that's part of the reason why. When Nance had been playing, he's been not he's not still splitting minutes. He's getting the lion's share, but the two of them earlier in the year were basically both playing 20 to 25 minutes a game, and it was maddening to me because Randle's so much of a better player. So I do like Julius Randle, but other than that, there's not much on this Lakers team that excites me at all. Yeah, I tell you what, I'm going to be excited with this Lakers team when Byron Scott is no longer the coach and they have a different team philosophy. And when I mean different team philosophy, I mean when they have uh, a philosophy that encourages winning and playing your best players as much as possible. Uh, I tell you what, you're, you're, you're completely right. When Kobe Bryant is off the court, uh, there's just a whole world of fantasy wonder, really, um, things that open up for this Lakers team. Uh, but until that happens, you know, it, it'll happen a couple more times. But I know Kobe wants to finish out. He, he wants to play in every away arena, I'm, I'm almost certain. And then, of course, you know, he knows it's almost over. So I think he's going to try to play every single game from here on out, which, like you said and like I said, it, it limits the fantasy potential in terms of where the usage can go for the rest of those guys. All right, J- Benny, let's, um, 
Let's jump into DFS. We're going to go through each position and just give a couple options for tonight on DraftKings. Before we do that, I got a question for you. Do you need a website? If you do, why not do it yourself with Wix.com? No matter what business you're in, Wix.com is something for you. It's used by more than 75 million people worldwide. Um, great things like the drag and drop editor. There's no coding needed. No, de- no coding needed. Uh, you don't need to be a programmer or a designer to create something beautiful. You can do it with your. You can do it yourself with Wix.com. Wix.com empowers business owners to create their own professional websites every day. Not just business owners, but just average Joes like myself. Uh, when you're running your own business, however, you're bound to be too busy, uh, too busy worrying about your budget, too busy scheduling appointments, too busy to build a website for your business. And because you're too busy, it has to be easy. And that's where Wix.com comes in. With Wix.com, it's easy. Just head over to Wix.com to create your own website today. I promise you the result is stunning. So looking at DraftKings, we'll start with point guards, naturally, Benny. Um, Lots of games tonight, I should say. Lots of games. But if I'm looking at games I want to target, it looks like to me there's going to be a lot of defensive battles. So Atlanta, Washington, Milwaukee, Cleveland, Orlando, Detroit, Toronto, Boston, uh, New York, Chicago. I'm not really interested in those games. I am going to pick and pluck a couple of those players. But the games I'm looking to have exposure to are that Sacramento-Minnesota game, uh, also to that maybe that Utah-Houston game. I think that one could be high scoring. And then Philadelphia-Denver, Los Angeles-Phoenix um, is a few games that, you know, if, if I'm going 50-50 on two players, I think I'm going to lead towards those games just because I think you could have both teams scoring over 100 points. You have Dallas-Portland on your list? Oh, yep, yep. I just got to slide it over. Man, there's so many games on this. <laughs> yeah, they, no, that Dallas-Portland game, they played the last time these two teams played, they actually played each other. It was 132 to 120, so 252 points scored in that game, and it was like two or three days ago. That was the game that Dirk Nowitzki went nuts and put up like 60 fantasy points. Darren Williams went nuts on the other side and put up like 50 fantasy points. Um, I think it did go into OT too, so just keep that in mind as well. But the thing about that game, and this is you know to lead to who I like at point guards today, I, bo- I like both Dame Lillard and Darren Williams here. I really like Darren Williams because his price is kind of cheap. And the way Portland played last time, they switched every single high pick and roll, which is why Darren Williams and Dirk both had huge games because Williams kept getting matched up on, you know, power forwards when they switched off of Dirk. And Dirk kept getting matched up with either CJ McCollum or Lillard, who were both solid defenders, but Dirk is seven feet tall. So if you if you run that pick and roll and then you give Dirk the ball at the foul line, he can literally just turn around and shoot a foul shot over them, which is basically what he did the entire game. He hit 12 to 15-foot jump shots pretty much all game long and wound up with 40 real-life points. So I like Dame Lillard. I like uh, Darren Williams there. You know, John Wall just put up 60 against this Atlanta team, even though it's not a spot that I would normally target a point guard against. I think he could be a good contrarian play for your tournament rosters. And then I like Ish Smith and Rubio. They're both in high-paced games, should see a lot of points. Ish Smith, I think, is only like 58, 5,900 on DraftKings, so he's pretty cheap. Rubio is a little more expensive. He's up by 7K, but he's been a guy who raised his field goal percentage this month, so he's been doing a little more scoring. He's had He actually had a double-double that I think was just rebounds and assists this year because he had been shooting the ball that bad. 
he's taking a lot of higher percentage shots going to the basket a little more now. So he's basically giving you, you know, almost a triple-double kind of stats every game. Plus, he's a good defensive player and gets your steals, too. So he's kind of like a poor man's John Wall here. And he's got a great matchup against Sacramento. So I'm looking at Rubio a little bit as well. You did a great job convincing me on Darren Williams. I didn't have him in any of my lineups, but I definitely need to give him a look, especially considering he's already played Portland twice this year. He's averaging 60 DraftKings points between those two games. 60. I mean, that's that's got to be the highest two-game average for any player against any team this year. I, I, that's 60. I can't even believe that. Um, I will say one guy that I'm kind of looking for maybe as a contrarian play and whenever you can get this guy as a contrarian play, I think it's pretty good. Kyrie Irving going up against Milwaukee tonight. And I know Kevin Love is supposed to be back in the lineup, but I, I don't know, man. I just I just have a feeling he's had a couple dud games. Um, the media might be creeping in on him. He needs to prove something, just kind of go out there and prove to himself, not even the rest of the team or the world, that he is a prolific scorer. What better way to do it against a Milwaukee team that's you know not terrible on defense, but if I'm looking at their point guard opposing options, I, I'm not that intimidated whatsoever. Um, do you think I need to like look elsewhere? There are too many options that I should just fade Kyrie Irvin, or do you think I'm on to something here? And please just be honest with me, because if you look at his last two games, he got you 14 against Denver, against a very bad Denver team, and only 24 against Miami. Yeah, he absolutely murdered a lot of rosters that I had the other night that were pretty good. And the reason why I used him is when Kevin Love is out, he usually sees the bigger uptick in his usage rate over LeBron James. But he played horrendously the other night. I mean, he couldn't buy a basket. He was like one for seven in the first half and then came out in the third quarter, threw up a couple more bricks. And I think he actually got benched for the end of that game. Um, now, yeah, with that being 24, 24 minutes against a Denver team, and Denver's so bad. I, I know yeah. Cleveland, Cleveland handled the game just fine, but he, I mean, yeah, he played, he played terrible. You're right. Now, with that being said, though, Jared Bayless is going to be on the other side, who I don't think is really going to be able to guard him. So he's got a good matchup here. Even though that this game only has a 206 total, they're favored by about 11. So they're still expected to score 110 points or so. And then, you know, to kind of top it all off, I mean, I don't think his ownership is going to be maybe even north of 5% because after everybody got burned the other night, I don't think anybody's looking in his direction with, you know, all the other options that you can go to tonight. So for a tournament, I think there's definitely some upside there because let's face it, when this guy's right, he can put up 45 fantasy points. We've seen him do it plenty of times before. You know, I just think right now, you're you're basically getting him at the at the bottom of his you know worth because everybody saw him put up those duds recently. So for a low owned tournament option, I do it. But for a cash option, I don't think I could go that way. Fair enough. We'll move on to shooting guard. Good breakdown of point guard there. Uh, James Harden is your most expensive option tonight. Uh, while Utah has a very good defense, Shelvin Mack, Howell Neto, they don't scare me a whole lot. Trey Burke also on the other end. Victor Oladipo, $7,700. So we go from 10000 to 7700 Essentially, the big question that everybody has to ask themselves tonight, are you going to pay up for Harden or are you going to stay in the middle tier of the pricing and shooting guards? Yeah, I think I'm probably staying more towards the middle tier. I really like C.J. McCollum. Uh, that Portland-Dallas game for me, I'm expecting to be another shootout. He had a couple bad games and saw his price come down all over the place. And it was basically because two of those games, they got blown out. And in the other game, they blew somebody out by 40. So he didn't even play his last rotation in the fourth quarter. He only played like 29 or 30 minutes. 
the last three games where they've needed him and he's played 35 to 40 minutes, he's putting up 40 fantasy points. So at 6,600, I think his price is at, you know, that's about what you need, 40-plus fantasy points to give you 6x value. So I actually like him a lot. And I also like Bradley Beal, who they just played Atlanta last time. Shooting guard's basically been the spot that you want to attack Atlanta in. And when he's played in the last couple games, he's sat a few with injury, but the games that he's played, he's given you 30, 35 fantasy points. So to go back to the same matchup with Atlanta that he just had 33 fantasy points in, and for him to be cheap down in the low 5K range, I think he can give you some upside as well. So those are two guys that I'm looking at. And then if you look over at that Minnesota game, you know, Zach Levine's been okay lately, but he's got a great matchup here against Sacramento, who's one of the worst in the league against shooting guards. It's going to be a paced-up game, should be high-scoring, should be fast. So I think with him playing a lot of minutes, Zach Levine is somebody else that I want to have some exposure to here. One quick follow-up question before we move on to small forward. Wiggins at $6,400. You know, he'll, he'll be playing shooting guard at points tonight, switching off with Levine, although they'll play, probably see a lot of time on the court together. Do you think it's foolish to target both of those players? Because in reality, they both have good matchups going up against Sacramento. Do you think it's foolish to play both of those two players considering how many other games and how many other options there are on tonight's slate? I mean, I don't think it's foolish because that is one of the biggest totals that we have on the board there. But my biggest problem with Wiggins this year has been he literally helps you in one category. Outside of the scoring, he really hasn't been giving you a lot of other, you know, assists or rebounds or steals or blocks or anything like that. So I don't know if he's somebody I'd use. I do think that the game will be high scoring, but I would prefer to use Levine, and I think they're both listed as shooting guards because Levine will get you some rebounds. He'll get you some steals. You know, he'll have some assists as well as opposed to just the straight points, which is really all you've been getting this year out of Wiggins. Yep, fair enough. Fair enough indeed. I don't know. I'm I'm mulling over that question in my head right now, but I think I'm probably going to roll with Levine and stay away from Wiggins when you have, uh, you know, Devin Booker is only $200 more expensive and he's playing against L.A. Good matchup for him. Let's look mm-hmm. at the small forward here. Of course, Giannis on Tenacumpo is most expensive option, followed up by LeBron James. Never thought I'd see the day when a Bucks player was priced higher than LeBron James, but we have it. They're going up against each other tonight. Carmelo Anthony, $8,300. Uh, I'm a big fan of revenge games, Benny. Um, I think it really matters in the NBA because it's a long season for these guys. It, you know, you got to gotta find extra motivation somewhere. Tobias Harris is playing against Orlando tonight in Detroit. Now, there wasn't necessarily like uh, a bad breakup between the two, but nevertheless, I think Tobias Harris will be that much more motivated to play against his former team um, at $6,200. Do you think that's a good price point for him tonight, though? Yeah, he's been really solid, putting up about 30 fantasy points a game. So I would have no problem rolling him out there. And, I mean, I think there is a little bit of bad blood in that breakup. They gave him the big contract and then, yeah, you know, yeah. turned yeah. turned around and kind of shipped him out of town. So I don't know. I'd be a little upset if I had to go. I mean, not for nothing, you know, no offense to anybody from Detroit, but he was in sunny South Florida, you know, hanging out in 90-degree weather, and then they shipped him into the snow the day that he landed. So, you know, that's a little bit tough, tough to deal with. Uh, but he's been playing well there for Detroit, so I think he's pretty happy with the change, definitely basketball-wise. $6,000 is around – it's it's about the price where I think he's fairly priced. I don't think he's going to give you much upside, but he is getting you around 32, 34 points a game, which is you know, around where you would expect him to be. 
I think small forward's actually really tough today. You know, you look up top, do you want to take Giannis and LeBron going up against each other? They're both really expensive. Carmelo's been banged up. I guess he has a pretty good matchup against Chicago. You know, their wing defense isn't all that great this year, but he's not 100%, so I'm always a little worried about him. You know, Kawhi Leonard against Miami. I mean, Kawhi's been playing well, and, you know, he's one of the high-usage guys on the Spurs, but Miami plays kind of slow, and they're pretty good on defense. You know, and then I guess Gordon Hayward would be in a pretty good spot against Houston. Again, Houston really bad guarding wings, so he would probably be the most expensive guy I'd look to pay up for. And then if Boogie Cousins does happen to be out, which there are rumors he might not play today, I think I'm going to wind up rolling some Rudy Gay out there because even though it hasn't always worked out well, I think he'll be somebody who has to pick up the slack if Boogie doesn't play. Yeah, good call there. I have not liked Rudy Gay at any port at any portions during this season unless you have Rondo or Cousins out. Uh, mm-hmm. In that case, I think it's just I, I think he's had trouble fitting in with that team. Um, but when one of those two guys is out, then he knows what to do. He's somebody who I lo- have loved. He's been on all my season long teams over the last few years. Um, I've loved him a lot, but unfortunately, the situation this year just not really worked out that well. Um, let's say you don't pay up because there is there is a weird gap in price here, Benny. I'm looking at Otto Porter uh, going up yep. against Atlanta. Um, I think he's a pretty good option at $5,100. If you look at his last game, it was against Atlanta. It's a home-and-home series. Gave you 42 DraftKings points. Uh, the big question I'm mulling over in my head is, is can he duplicate that? And what do you think about these back-to-back games? Do we put too much added interest in the game that happened just a couple days ago? I think we definitely do put a lot of interest in it. And I also think that you have to realize coaches watch that game too. So if you just got lit up by somebody, don't you think when you go to play that same team three days later, you're going to try something a little bit different where you're going to say, you know, you, you may not figure it out exactly how to stop them, but at the very least, you know that you just yelled at your team, you know, how did you let Otto Porter go off on you like that? So. There is a little bit of that to it, but I do like Porter as well. And even even if he doesn't get back there, we don't need 41 fantasy points out of him again at, at this price. At 5,100, you know, if he gets us 25 to 30, we're going to be pretty happy with that. You know, probably about 30 fantasy points is where I would really be, you know, ecstatic. And anything above that would just be gravy for you. So 5,100 if you want to go cheap. I think everyone's going to be drawn to Michael Beasley for $200 cheaper. But Beasley doesn't really have huge upside, and he's playing against Utah, which is not an easy matchup for anybody. So I think I'd rather roll Porter out there too. I'm actually glad you mentioned him because he's one of the guys that I've been on the fence about. So at least I know I'm not alone. (laughs) Fair enough. Yeah, I will say I already we already talked about Beasley, and I don't like the minutes breakdown for him. You look at Porter; this guy's been seeing thirty to thirty-eight minutes on the court every single game this year. One thing I'll add in terms of putting added interest in the back-to-back games that happened right before, I can understand that theory you gave Benny. If it's somebody like an Andrew Wiggins who we talked about, who only scores points, uh, and then the coach going back and saying, "How do we stop this guy?" But if you look at Porter's box score from the last game, it was sixteen points, ten rebounds, three assists, a block, and two steals so it's not like the coach is going to go in there and say he really dominated us in all facets I think they're more concerned with points scored maybe rebounds and blocking him out finding ways to block him out but the way that his box score shakes down I don't know if uh, you know the opposing coach is going to say we, we got to do something to stop Porter this time around you know, mm-hmm. as opposed to if he scored 30 points or something real regular life points yeah no that's definitely fair that's a good call um, so power forward let's keep it moving here 
top option tonight. Of course, on DraftKings, DeMarcus Cousins is listed as a power forward. Could be quite the risk, but quite the reward if he does end up playing Minnesota's central time. So you're going to have some games have already started before perhaps we find out if DeMarcus Cousins is going to play or not. Draymond Green sitting at just $7,900 just seems so enticing going up against a Clippers team. Bad blood between these two teams. I don't care if Blake Griffin is playing or not. $7,900 is really hard to avoid for me. Yeah, no, there's no reason to. And the other thing is you probably still have Bogut out. He's still listed as doubtful. Azili's already out as well. If you remember back to last game, Draymond actually started at center, uh, guarded Carl Anthony Towns when they went up against Minnesota. His rebounding numbers get a big boost up with the lineups that they're playing right now. So he's already a guy that gets, I think, what, top 10 or 15 in the league in assists, and not for a power forward, total overall, you know, including all the point guards as well. And, you know, he, does, he doesn't score a ton of points. He, only, he still only gets you that, like, 14 to 18 a game is kind of where he is. But he does add the defensive stats in. So if you're giving him the uptick in rebounding with everything else that he does, I think 7,900 is way too cheap for him in a, in a high total game where they're expected to score, you know, almost 120 points tonight. Fair enough. Uh, any other players you want to talk about uh, power forward, or should we finish up with center? I like Julius Randle a little bit as well. He's still putting up some good numbers. And then Taj Gibson's been giving you some really good games. So those are some of the cheaper options I'm looking at. But like I said, I have a lot of Draymond in here. I also have a lot of Dirk Nowitzki because he's been really good, especially with Parsons out. And Zaza's not really playing much anymore either. He, he's been playing, but he's only playing seven to eight minutes a game. He's kind of banged up. So Dirk's been picking up a lot of the slack with the rebounding and with the scoring, and you know it's translated into some big fantasy numbers. Good call there. Moving over to center, Carl Anthony Towns is the most expensive option tonight, $8,600 now. We all know what he can do. He's going to win Rookie of the Year. He's incredibly good. However, if DeMarcus Cousins plays, I'm afraid that Towns will get into foul trouble because that's happened before earlier this season. Um, if Cousins plays... All right, what's your breakdown? If Cousins does not play, is that all the more reason to, to kind of go with Towns, or is he just too expensive on this slate where you have a lot of, of uh, other options? DeAndre Jordan, $7,700. Andre Drummond is kind of stalled out over the course of the season, but at $7,600, you wonder if he can put up a good game, especially with Nick Vucevic out. Yeah, this is actually a great question to ask because it just came over the wire that DeMarcus Cousins is going to be out tonight. So I actually really like Carl Anthony Towns. I mean, Sacramento doesn't have anybody that I feel is going to be able to guard him. I think he can put up a big number. The only concern I would have now is whether or not it turns into a blowout. The question you really got to ask yourself, though, is there's a lot of viable cheap options tonight that you would have to forego if you're going up to Carl Anthony Towns. Mason Plumlee against Dallas, he's been putting up 30 to 45 fantasy points a game. Myers Leonard's been out. He's been getting 30 minutes a game and, and really producing with it. So he's somebody I like a lot. You got uh, Nikola Jokic, who has been up and down with his minutes, but he's got the best matchup you can have against Philadelphia. Philly's not really good against big guys. They give up a lot of rebounds. They give up a lot of points. They get a lot of their shots blocked as well. So big guys have put up big numbers against them. And then my home run play for the day, actually there's two of them right now, without you know, without uh, the Marcus Cousins, you got to look at Costa Kufis as well. But how do you feel? I don't know if you saw the Dallas game the other night. Salah Majuri, I think is his name. He's been a guy who they've been looking to get more time for this whole season. He averages more than a fantasy point per minute. 
And he's only really played like 18 to 24 minutes a game, but he's put up, you know, 22 to 28 points in that time frame. He played 35 minutes for the first time the other night at 32 minutes and put up 46 fantasy points. So with Zaza hurt and with no more Parsons now, you're basically down to him, Dirk Nowitzki, and David Lee as the only three big guys for Dallas. If he gets 30 points with the numbers that he's been averaging per minute, he could put up 40 fantasy points for us today at 3,400. So he's a guy that I definitely am going to have some exposure to in tournaments. I don't know if I feel safe enough in cash unless I find out that he's starting. But for only 3,400, I'm definitely going to have a lot of mercy on my, my tournament rosters. Yeah, Benny, nobody knows how to say his name. It's because he, you know, <laughs> he, I think he has the cheapest contract in the NBA. Now that, that's probably changed. I'll say he started out this season with one of the cheapest contracts in the NBA. Um, yeah. I mean, if he can get you, if he can get you 28 fantasy points at $3,400, you're excited. So if he can double that, I mean, that's astounding. I have a feeling he's going to have a very high ownership rate. He didn't even start that game, by the way. He came off the bench. Um, mm-hmm. Here's my issue, and I'm I'm more than happy to roll out somebody who's playing $3,400. I've done it in the past. I'll do it again. But he had five fouls in 33 minutes. I, I don't know. He's just not used to playing a game. I could see him getting into foul trouble pretty quick here. Um, I don't know, especially if they're switch, switching off screens and Lillard is driving or something like that. I, he's not quick enough to keep up with him. So I, I don't know, and it's not like Dirk Nowitzki is going to provide help side defense either um, if they get switched off. So it's, it's a tough call for me, but I tell you what, if he does play 33 minutes, he'd probably be in a lot of winning lineups tonight. Yeah, if that game goes anywhere, it, it doesn't even have to go as crazy as it did last time with 250 points. If it just makes it to the 215 total that people are expecting, and you get 30 minutes out of both Plumley and and Mergery, and Majory, however you say his name, the two of them are 4600 and 3400 on DraftKings. So you could have your center and utility spot filled up for 8K, and if they do what they did last game, they got you 92 fantasy points for 8K which I don't think anybody here would argue 11 and a half times value out of. Right, yeah, you better. nobody better be arguing that. All right, Benny, that's going to do it for us. I will say, now that we know Cousins is out, like we talked about, Rudy Gay is somebody I'll be fitting into a lot of my lineups. Um, Rondo, perhaps, is a little more of an enticing option now as well if he's going to try to put the team on, on his shoulders, although I think uh, Rudy Gay gives you quite, uh, quite a bit of interest there now with Cousins out. Otherwise, good breakdown everywhere else. Uh, that's going to do it here for us here. Uh, for Benny, I'm DJ Trainer. Thanks so much for joining us on this Rotowire Wednesday Fantasy Basketball Podcast. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.